Welcome to the sag After Foundation's Conversations podcast. The sag After Foundation believes that contributions made to our culture by performing arts are not only valuable, but also essential. And so we provide free programming and services like this podcast to support them. If you'd like to learn more about the sag After Foundation or access the full library of our conversations or make a donation to support this podcast, please visit sagaftra.foundation. That's www.sagaftra.foundation. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SagAfterFound. Thanks, and enjoy the conversation. Hi, everybody. I am Dave Carger. I'm a host on Turner Classic Movies, and I can't think of a better way to spend my afternoon, so I'm glad that you're all here with us tonight, this afternoon, and you're in for a treat because uh, not only are you going to hear from a phenomenal performer, but also one of my favorite people. So I have the great pleasure of bringing out an Academy Award nominee, a two-time Emmy winner, and a five-time Screen Actors Guild Award nominee, Patricia Clarkson. I thought it would be an audience of one. <laughs> my publicist. <laughs> I still would have done it. Oh my God. Thank you for coming today. Great to I see you. I appreciate it. Thank you to the foundation. It's a great organization. And I'm uh, honored to be here. Yeah. So. I've, well, we've been, I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks since you guys asked me to do this, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, let's start at the beginning. Let's, <laughs> let's, go, back, let's go back to Child Patty. Oh, in, God. in New Orleans. <laughs> I sounded just like that. <laughs> I came out of the womb. My Smoky. voice has always been below sea level. Oh, that's so, so I, great. seriously, as a child. <laughs> Where did the interest in performing come from? Well, you know, my grandfather was an actor. It was his advocation. He was a, a, an English teacher and a coach. But he is, his advocation, he started Nord Little Theater, which is the New Orleans oh. Recreational Department, and he started a theater there. So he was an actor. So I think he unfortunately died young. Um, I never knew my papa, as we called him. Um, he was a beautiful, stunning man, and um, uh, Irish, and John Patrick Brechtel, and he... Um, but he, I think somewhere probably in his blood it came into mine, uh, is what I like to think. Um, I have his Shakespeare book that, God forbid, uh, you know, I, I keep it close. It's, I have a few things of his that I um, hold very dear. Um, but I, I don't I, I in eighth grade, I took a speech class, and I remember preparing the speeches as though I was giving a performance. Mm. And, Mrs. Morrison was like, you're an actress. So she, I, through speech class, Mrs. Morrison, my eighth grade teacher, got me involved in the drama club. Oh. And I started in eighth grade and I, I loved it. And I was one of the few actors who could be heard in the vast <laughs> auditorium. <laughs> so she was very excited to have me. Um, uh, one of my first plays I did was called Flipped. Feminist Liberation Idealist Party for Perfect Equality and Democracy. Mm. That's ahead of its time. That's uh, it was so cool. It was 1974. Yeah. I mean, and we, uh, Miss Shea, our, the drama club leader, she was just, she was amazing. So that's how it all started. And then on into high school. Were you a outgoing theater kid or a shy theater kid? 
Hmm. I, I would probably say outgoing. You know, I grew up, I was the, I'm the baby of five girls. I grew up in a house of all women and we shouted all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we, we're a very emotional crowd, the Clarkson girls, uh, along with my mother. My father is just still living and uh, wow. he's still with us and still um, has his five daughters and his wife, my mother. And, it's uh, so I think I, you know, it was a very open and emotional and vibrant house. We were very, you know, middle class. We grew up in New Orleans. Uh, I went to public schools and I loved it. I loved, you know, I had a, a really remarkable childhood, and yet I tend to play people who have. Horrific. <laughs> Thank God. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I, I can't remember the last time I played someone just nice and kind and simple. <laughs> well, thank God you have real life to go back to no, and make and yourself feel good. No, and I think that's good. part of the reason is I know what it is to have um, a, 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 a good upbringing. And, and I'm grateful for uh, the support and love of my parents, and it's still there, and my sisters. Uh, till this day, they are always there for me. After you went to university at Fordham, you went to Yale Drama School, mm -hmm. where your classmates included, let me make sure I get this right, Dylan Baker was mm -hmm. in your class, Chris Noth was yes, in your Mr. class. Big baby, yeah. Jane Atkinson was Jane in Atkinson, your class. Jane Atkinson, the great Jane Atkinson, And then yes. around there, at the, around the same time, was people like Courtney B. Vance and Angela Bassett. I mean, it was like yes. a big, big yes, time. Yes, and John there. Turturro was there. He tried to date me. Uh -oh. uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, um, and, uh, I mean, there were, you know, uh, so many actors coming and going in the three years, you know, that were, right. that had, were just departing and then coming in. And it was a great, it was a great school. Because, like when I was at Fordham, I was somewhat the leading lady, you know, mm. I was never really an ingenue. Looking, you know. <laughs> and, but I was, you know, I did like Hedda Gabler and Betrayal. And I got to Fordham, I mean, I got to Yale, and Earl Gister, who ran the acting department, he said, I'm gonna upset your apple cart. He said, mm. and he specifically cast us all against type. Mm. We would occasionally do the young, lovely, lading lady, but he pushes, I mean, I played the bod in Pericles, I played, a. Uh, I wore uh, the largest, this big, enormous suit. I played like a 300-pound Cajun mama. I played an eight-year-old murderer. I played a, I played everything. And I did comedy, which I had never really been asked to do. Wow. And it took me on this amazing journey as it defined, it redefined me as an actor at 22 to 25, and um, I suddenly realized, oh, I don't have to always just have on nice clothes and nice hair and look pretty. I, I, I wanna transform, I wanna become something else. I wanna, I wanna take my body and my soul further. And I, you know, I can do all those other things, but I wanna, I want to play characters, great, rich characters. Mm. So, it, it just it, it it opened my eyes in a way that I've, I've I you know was shocking. 
Now, as you know, I have someone in my life that knew you in that time when you were at Yale, and the stories that I've heard, not to make you uncomfortable, Patty Clarkson was the superstar of Yale drama at the time, to the point where it was always- Well, I was playing an eight-year-old murderer. <laughs> and tap dancing. Right. I mean, my friend Dick Beebe, re I rest his soul, but he, he wrote a, a, a musical adaptation of The Bad Seed. And so I was like, tap, 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 until he's bloody and dead, da 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 I mean, I sang, I danced, I do not sing. Uh, I can dance a little. But I mean, I was doing this crazy, crazy stuff, crazy. Right. Uh, so uh, that's maybe why, I don't okay. know. <laughs> But it <laughs> next Meryl Streep was a was a phrase being bandied about at the time yeah. at Yale Drama. Just saying. Now, um, but let's think back to the fact that very soon after finishing Yale Drama, you were cast in Brian De Palma's The Untouchables yes. opposite Kevin Costner. Yes. How yeah. did that? Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Did that happen even more quickly than you had ever dreamed yes. it would? Well, I mean, I graduated Yale, and see, Yale now, there's film incorporated, but when I went to Yale uh, 400 years ago, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there, we, we, it was just theater. It was, ju it was nothing but theater, and it was kind of beautiful. You know, we, we studied classical theater, uh, Shakespeare, Chekhov, Ibsen, mm. and then very modern theater, and we were, there were great writers there, and I met the great Richard Greenberg, he wrote Take Me Out, oh, and sure. Three Days of Rain, and who's, he's still one of my dearest, best friends, and mm. so it, we were doing, um, we, we, it was this just environment of, of theater. So when I got, I graduated, I was lucky enough to get a very good agent out of Yale, I was very fortunate. Sam because Cohen, we know an agent, Sam Cohen, signed me out of Yale. I did it. He came up to see me do a play at the Yale Rep. And so I graduated Yale with a very good agent. And we all know that's, that's, it's the battle. That's the battle. And I still sadly know actors still in that battle. And mm -hmm. it just breaks my heart. It's just, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare, <laughs> you know? If they, we could figure out a way that, mm. you know, actors could, it's, Getting an agent, it's just the most difficult thing to do. And um, so I had Sam and I, I then did theater and then I did, I, I was lucky enough to be on Broadway and uh, um, House of Blue Leaves. And, um, and then I got this audition. You know, I was audition, starting to audition for movies and film and I really, I didn't know much. I did an episode of Equalizer, Spencer, highest <laughs> Spencer. I played a murderer. Um, uh, auspicious beginnings. Yeah. Um, so I, so then I, 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 I don't know. I, I went in to read for The Untouchables with the great Lynn Stallmaster, that great, uh, that great casting director, and he said, "Listen, when you come back, don't look like you look." I said, "Okay." Mm -hmm. He said, yeah, you're just glamorous. You look New York. You remember, this is a midway, this is, you know, Catherine Ness. So he said, don't wear any makeup. I was like, no makeup. <laughs> uh, and he said, don't do all, you know, just let your hair be natural and wear like a, the girliest dress, like the kind of most, just. So I went out and bought like an umpire dress, like with flowers on it. I mean, I looked ridiculous. <laughs> and, but I did it and I walked in to meet Brian De Palma, and 
I opened my mouth, and I think he loved that I had this voice, mm. but I looked a certain way, and he just laughed a lot. And I don't know, we just got on, and he read with me. There was a reader there, but he read with me. And then the next thing I knew, he flew me to Chicago to meet Kevin, because Kevin was already there. And you had to miss a matinee of I missed were... a matinee, okay. and then I um, flew back. I got, and that's how it all started. It was, it was remarkable, but I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never done a movie. And you know, Brian had a reputation, a tough reputation, and, but he was so amazing to me. And let me tell you, this is one of my fondest stories as an actress. I was broke, you know, mm. I was out of school, loans, and I was shooting for a very short time as Catherine Ness. And he decided that I had to be in the courtroom scene. Yeah. It was, it's literally one pop. But he said to Paramount, he said, you know, I need her in the courtroom. You're just going to have to pay her to hold on for a month. Wow. I got an extra month of pay. Wow. It was life-saving to me. He was, he was a beautiful, beautiful. I, I have such a, you know, and Kevin was dreamy. and It was, uh, it was a nice beginning. <laughs> when, you, when you think back on it, are you happy that your quote-unquote first big break in film was when you were... 27 as opposed to 18 or 19 or would it not have mattered for you? Well, I think it was just where I was supposed to be. I think I was meant to go to Yale to really find who I really was as an actress and to really open my eyes, my body, my spirit, uh, my face. Mm. I, 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 I was kind of acting from the neck up and I guess I was okay. I mean, I was like okay as Hedda Gabler. Mm. I think back on it my senior year. I, Maybe, uh, but you know, but I it, it became this whole experience, and I think I was a better off starting later. I just I think it was meant to be. The yeah. next year, you were in the last ever Dirty Harry movie, The Deadpool, <laughs> with Clint Eastwood and Liam Neeson. Guys, go back and like find the trailer or something. It's so it's, 80s. It's yes, so it's great. so 80s. Your hair. My father was. Oh, my hair. I, my hair's kind of big today too. But um, <laughs> my hair was just like. I mean, it was just. Well, you were playing a reporter. At the I was TV. playing a reporter, but but, and Clint Eastwood. You know, he doesn't cast by you. He casts off tape. So I just went on tape at my agent's office for him or at some at the, you know the. Um, no, the casting director. Who was the casting? And um, and I got a call that I he was casting me, and and so I flew to San Francisco, and you know the first time I met him was in this restaurant by the wharf, and I was with the director and the cinematographer, and I was sitting this way, and the entrance was back here, and suddenly I hear. Screaming, women screaming. <laughs> oh my God, Clint! 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 <laughs> and I was like, and I turned around, and there he is. He's and he walked all the way through the restaurant, and I was like, huh? <laughs> I mean, it was you know, it was a, it was cool. But yes, I mean, yes, it was the last Dirty Harry. But I. A great fondness for it now. I mean, it's, a, it's not 
I haven't really done a film like that right. since, but <laughs> you never know. That's so great. <laughs> um, so as you're going to learn, if we were to talk about every project that Patty's ever done, we would be here until like Sunday. So I'm gonna I'm <laughs> I'm gonna forward. I'm like, gonna cherry pick yeah, a little bit yeah, in case you're wondering. Pick, cherry pick. So I'm very intrigued by the fact that you were in Jumanji in the mid 1990s yes. as well. Yes. I mean, first of all, I don't know how but much. I had, that was just that was tiny, tiny, right? Tiny. Yeah. I just, but you know, no small parts. So, but it was a beautiful little moment, and I, you know, I loved working on. It. I loved that director and Joe it Johnston. Was, is that yes. Who was yeah. It? And and I just and again, I needed like, I went through a really rough time, you guys. In things were so yummy, and as we know sometimes things do not work out. And I suddenly was struggling when I was hitting my mid-30s. I was kind of caught in a, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get a job. Or I could, the only jobs I could get were just not great. Episodic TV in that so, time. Well, I was doing more cable movies. I wasn't oh. doing a series. I was doing, I did one small stint on like a, a half hour. Um, wasn't very good on that. And um, <laughs> I mean, we just have to admit, you know, sometimes, you know, we're just not, I just wasn't very good. Um, and, um, did you have hope um, that things were going to improve? Because I did notice. I, I, I changed, I changed, what? Not, not in I your acting, in your, in your oh, no, fortunes. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I realized? I mean, this is what we know is that we, we can only fake so much as actors. Mm. And my heart was heavy every day time I walked into that room because I needed the job so badly. And I realized, because I was suddenly, had, I'd had things were so good and suddenly they were not. Mm. And I was really, I was at a crossroads and I had to, I had to dig so deep. My mother, my sisters, my, I was dating this wonderful man at the time who, was trying to help me and but I was really just I was just drowning I felt and I changed agents and that helped a little and you know but then but the little parts came here and there and then I did um, this beautiful independent film called Pharaoh's Army that if you ever can find and watch it it stars Chris Cooper and myself before mm. Chris was and he is Unbelievable in this tiny little film. It's called Pharaoh's Army. Mm. It he you have to see it for him. It, it you realize why he's Chris Cooper. He's incredible, um, and that helped me somehow getting this beautiful little independent film. And then the big thing happened. I got high art, and it oh, just all right. Yeah, well, of course. You know, Lisa Choladenko. You know, I tell, yeah. when I speak at my alma mater at Fordham every year, I go to talk to the, I say, just play a German lesbian here right. And your whole life will change. Yeah, what was your I mean, reaction to Greta when you read that script? Well, this is the thing, is because of you, I knew I was capable of, of all of these things, of all of these emotions and, and people that were not me. You know, sadly, I'm not lesbian, I'm not, German, I'm, I've never done drugs, I've never even smoked pot. And um, how stupid am I? <laughs> uh, and so I, but I know what loss of love and I know what, the, I, 
you know, love is love. I, I knew that mm. th that character was in me. I knew it from the second I read it. I flew back. I was in LA struggling, and I got. I was living in a friend's house at the time, and I flew back. I said, you know, Ron to my agent at the time. I said, I think there's something. I think I said, I know they're gonna think like suburban lady, mom, Patty's walking in the door, but. Mm -hmm. And I knew a German accent because Richard Greenberg had this German agent that he I used to talk to all the time. So I had Helen Mer Merrill, Hel or her name is Helen Merrill, and she would call the house all the time and be like, <laughs> how are you, Patty? <laughs> and then she would sometimes be like, and how many cats do you have? <laughs> so we would have these kind of odd, bizarre conversations. And, <laughs> but her, accent was in my head and so I showed up knowing that my heart was in Greta mm -hmm. and was 1000% in Greta mm. and Lisa saw it she she saw it she was about to make an offer to another actress and she stopped and she offered it to me and I started like three days later whoa yeah. So you, um, you had a feeling making that, that it, you were onto something there. Well, it was suddenly breath, and I, and I had done this beautiful little independent, you know, before with Chris Cooper, and suddenly, you know, my body was awakening again, and in a true way, suddenly mm. I was being taken to really bold and daring and dangerous places, you know, higher cliffs that, you know, you can... You know, fall. I, you know, I, you know, the Greta was a, a, a reach, but not really. It's interesting. Um, you know, it it, 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 it was something. It was so essential to me at that time, and it's amazing. You know how acting heals us. It does. It saves us, and mm. it gives us. Um, it, it, it gives us a life that we can't live without and a life that we have to have and, and when we're doing things that take us uh, to places we're not sure we can go, but then we do. Mm. Uh, I'm so thankful. I'm very, I'm always thankful to Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> well. but, you know, I've told this story a million times, but I have to tell it again. So I've, you might have heard I've told. So when High Art aired, and it, I mean aired, when it showed, it played in New Orleans. My mother took my namesake, my great aunt Patsy. She was like eighty to <gasps> see High Art. Oh. And I said, Mom, and you know Aunt Patsy's born and raised in New Orleans. She's this wonderful woman, but she's like a New Orleanian lady, you know, not lady at all. She's mm. middle class, whatever. But anyway, she and she said. I said, you took Aunt Patsy to see art? I said, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. She said, oh Patty, she loves it. She's calling you tomorrow. She calls me. And she says, Patty. Patty told me. If a director told me I had to play a German, lesbian, heroin addict, I would have told that director I can play one of the three. <laughs> <laughs> so great. I swear.
swear to God, I just, I, it was, it's my favorite thing that anyone uh. ever said. <laughs> um, given that that was your first Spirit Award nomination, High Art, it, it fits right in with uh, Sarah's question in the audience. She wants to know, how has working on independent films shaped your career? Seems like it's been well, awfully important. Well, it's given me the, a career that I would never have had. I, I, I love doing studio films. I love being paid. Uh, <laughs> I like having a nice trailer. <laughs> I mean, who, who are we kidding? Um, uh, I like having a bathroom. <laughs> uh, <you know. laughs> uh, um, but it it has it's 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 completely defined me, and it's again given me the projects that have really nourished me and and made me a better actor, I hope, and uh, taken me to places and, and just the great 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 directors and actors I've um, I've worked with over the years. You know, starting with High Art and the Station oh, sure. Agents and the Pieces of April. Oh my God! You know, the the and they just the. You know, Pieces of April, Oliver Platt and I in that little station wagon. Oh my God! <laughs> and and we had to talk about no amenities. So, because I mean, uh, station agent was shot for five hundred thousand dollars, and so we that little station wagon that Oliver Platt barely fit in, uh, but we'd sit in the front of that station wagon, and you know, Oliver Platt, you know, he's 6'5", or 6'6", he's huge, and just the, one of the most beautiful, kind, yummy, delicious men. Uh, anyway, but we would sit, and in between, so you know, Peter Hedges, the great Peter Hedges would just say, cut, and we'd sit in the car, because we had nowhere to go. <laughs> We were out in the middle of the woods, and we just sit in the, and you know, the, our producer, John, would knock on the window of the car and hand us a sandwich. Oh my God. <laughs> and we'd sit in the car and eat our sandwich, and then we'd, lunch would be over, and we'd just shoot again. I mean, it was, ah, uh, a labor of love. That's again. about as no frills as you could possibly no, it get. Was, so, but so was, but Peace Station Agent was the same. But Peace of April and Station Agent mm -hmm. were both $500,000 movies. So I shot, and I shot them pretty much back to back. Right. So I just was like, uh, I need a, a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> please, next job, please. I can't, let, what did I do after that? I don't even remember. Well, let, let's rewind a couple years because there's a couple that we didn't get to that I really oh, want to talk about. I want to talk about the Green Mile. Oh, because yes. what, I mean, what an amazing, character yeah. for you and then that very famous scene with you in Mr. bed Coffee. with Michael Mr. Clark Coffee. Duncan. Mm. Well Michael Clark Duncan was, mm, and it makes me sad, he was really a very very beautiful man mm. and uh, he touched everybody and you know that's the scene. I, I, when I did the scene with him it was with him. It was exactly who he was and you know the fact that he's no longer with us is just you know, heartbreaking. He was a really, really exceptional man mm. and enormous. <laughs> I remember there was a funny story about how Warners was trying to get him, beefing him up. They would just send coolers of food to him. <gasps> Seriously, they would drop off coolers of, of food for him. And, you know, he just, um, 
But, you know, he had never acted before. He was working for Con Ed. I mean. You guys, he was working for Con Edison. And, but he knew he was an actor. And, but, you know, he was just, just beyond lovely. Beyond. And that, that, he gave me the scene. I didn't have to do anything, you know, because he was just so dreamy. He was dreamy. Given that a, a lot of what's really cool of that scene is what the uh, effects artists were able to do with you see all the coming out of I your know. mouth. What was it like for you, having acted it, to then see the finished product for the first time? Well, I mean, I, it's Sam Rockwell's in it, and Sammy oh and I God. are dear, dear, dear friends. I, I worship Sammy, and you know, I knew Tom Hanks, and uh, you know, there was this beautiful cast, and but everybody was so good, you know, uh, Michael Jeter. Oh yes, he's also no longer with us. He's no longer with us. It, it was just this, it, you know, and. You know, I love the director, and it, it, you know, it was just one of those experiences. That Frank Darabont but it was brutal. Was Frank Darabont, right. you know, he shoots a lot. He's, he was tough. He was tough. It was, it was a tough shoot because the special effects and my, the four hours mm. of that crazy makeup because they oh, built yeah. my face out. He, he wanted me to be as thin as I possibly could. I was starving. Wow. And and because he just wanted me skeleton, <laughs> he wanted me dying, and so you know. Um, yeah, it was it was it was tougher than I anticipated, but it was worth it because you know it's a very small part, but it's right. a, it's pivotal. Yeah, it's a beautiful little part. Speaking of a great pivotal part, I want to ask a little bit about the pledge that you made with Jack Nicholson, oh directed yes. by Sean Penn. I've forgotten about the the pledge, and oh he my makes God. the pledge to you I at know. the beginning of the movie. Oh, I know. That was that was crazy. I literally got on a plane, flew to Seattle. We drove outside of Seattle. I cried for three days and got back on a plane. <laughs> I mean, my eyes were killing me. I thought my, I, everything everything on me, my body was just, because you know, as you remember, it's just this, I'm just sobbing mm. and screaming and crying. My child is dead. Oh my God. I remember I hugged Sean at the end, I was like, <laughs> can, we say that? can we say it? Yes, you can. can it's, actually, it's YouTube. Yeah. You can say right. it. So, I mean, it was brutal. That was truly brutal. But Jack, Jack Nichols, you know, he was, but he was actually very low key. I, I thought I was going to be intimidated. And I was secretly, but I was trying to not, I was trying to be like, yeah, hey, uh, hey. <laughs> yeah. But it's Jack Nicholson. But it was, you know, Jack Nicholson. The same year that that film came out, you did four episodes on Frasier. Oh, God. As Frasier. Frasier's love interest. Yes, yes. And you were, and the character was friends with Jean Smart. Mm-hmm. And then, but. And she sets me up. Yes. With, what what was it like to kind of drop into that set well, so late in the show? I was back into half hour live half hour, you know, three camera half hour. And even though I have a theater background, you know, live three cat, I'm not very good at it. Like, I'm not good at it, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just not good. I mean, I, I got better doing the, you know, it's like, I got through the episodes, I think I started to get some wind at my back, but I was really kind of, I felt swimming upstream. I. You know, I'm just being honest. I, I, that was, I, I struggle with that. And they were such a cohesive unit. They're mm. all just brilliant, you know, David and, and oh. Kelsey, and, you know, and they're all just whip it fast and amazing. And I, 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 I struggled with that. Right. Okay. But I'm thrilled I did it because it, it was a good experience for me to really 
struggle with it uh, and, and learn how to do it. Here's a question from Sharon. I'm gonna, and her question is, does your technique adjust from theater to film? I want to add TV in there, too. Well, yes. I mean, you're, I think you do it using slightly different muscles. But I think it's, what I think is essential that it's always, that it's always about the character. It doesn't matter the medium. Hmm. It's always got to be that you, the character has to be in you, not on you. Even mm. whether you're on stage, you're on television, in a, in a, a TV show, or you're on, in a film, I think it's essential that the all that you do the work, that you do the homework, because you're going to be, you know, caught with your pants down if you don't. You know, you're going to be caught. If you haven't done the hard, the hard work, the emotional life of your character <coughs> has to be the priority, and it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, all the you know the the, the look, the, those were all essential too. But but a costume designer can save you, uh, a makeup artist. But when you get to those scenes, when you get to that emotional life, if you haven't done the work. Nobody can save you. Mm. Nobody, you know. Another film role that made a big impact, as I remember it, from the year it came out, 2002, was Far From Heaven. And yes. what a great, juicy part yeah. in such a phenomenal uh, production. Beautiful. Todd Haynes, Todd Haynes channeling Julianne Douglas Sirk. Yeah, I mean, Dennis, Dennis Quaid. Dennis and, Quaid, <laughs> Dennis Haysberg, right. gorgeous. Oh. No, it was just a cast of, you know, and, and talk about clothes, and Sa Sandy Powell did those clothes, and those, and, and those help, did really help define you, because it was such a piece, it was such a, but again, I had to have, but I had a very real connection to Julianne, mm. and that, you know, I think as actors, we have to use everything we can. Um, the less we have to create and fabricate, the better things are. And so I had a genuine connection to Julie, She's very, you know, she's, she's beautiful. Yeah, she is, and 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 she's such a professional. And so we we were two gals. We'd come together in those scenes, and boom, we we had done our homework. But I had a great, a, a true um, um, uh, adoration for her, and and I felt close to her. And I think I just used all of that. What I felt for her, as Julie, as the character, mm. uh, was all one. And that was a banner year because if I'm getting the dates right, that was the same year that you started on Six Feet Under, which was such an amazing. Yeah, can I do that? What I yeah. did? Oh God! Yeah. And that character of Sarah, this like Topanga artist. Again, hippie. Right. Like I'm not a hippie. <laughs> I'm a little young for a hippie. <laughs> um, but I didn't care. Uh, no, I mean. I miss I, that show so much. It was, well, Alan, Alan Ball is a genius, and he, I got a, you know, how lucky am I? Mm. Um, I got a call that, you know, Alan Ball wants you to come play for Annie Conroy, and for Annie Conroy. And Kathy Bates. Oh, I mean. and Kathy Bates. Um, when we were doing scenes together, they called us the three tenors. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Um, was it supposed to just be like one or two, or what did it become? Well, yeah, I mean, at first it was like, you're going to play her crazy, whacked out sister. And I said, okay. And 
I mean, I'm, I'm, this is not false modesty or humility. It, it honestly was, it's some of the most extraordinary writing. I literally got this, we'd get the scripts and I'd just be like, I mean, it was brutal. I, I talked, I would talk, 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 Aunt Sarah, I should talk, and I always had these big, you know, set pieces. And I, you know, but I, again, I worked my ass. I did the homework. I, because again, I was walking into a set of all these extraordinary, very established actors, characters, ready to go, boom, 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 you know. And, um, but the writing was just superb. And, and I, you know, you just have to, you don't want to, you, you don't want to, you know, cut, get short, you know, you don't want to come up short with great writing. It's oh. just, it's, it's a, you know, all the great writers of the past will haunt you. They will, <laughs> they will come and hit you and make, give you nightmares. Uh, so I, I, I was just lucky. Did yeah. it blow your mind to win not one, but two primetime yes. Emmys for that character? Yes. Yes, of course. Are you kidding me? Right. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> I mean, I remember, like, I was so shocked. And, like, I couldn't really even walk in my dress, but I didn't care. Because I said, oh, I'm just going to be sitting. And then I'll kind of... But I remember I had to get up to the podium, and I was the last award of the night, the first Emmy I won. I was the very last award, and I looked out at the audience. I said, oh, thank God. I thought, I, I, I'm not receiving this award uh, alone. Because uh, <laughs> I was still... I mean, people had stayed, but it was the very last award uh, of the night. And and then the second time I won, it was still very shocking. And you know, which you're always, you know, it's it, it's very nice. It's, it's you know, winning an award. Okay. It's, you know, it's cool. Okay. <laughs> it's cool. Where where are the two Emmy trophies right now? Uh, they're sitting in my apartment. I have them in a nice little place, and and they're 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 not. You don't see them immediately, but if you kind of look up, and <laughs> some people would be like, oh. <laughs> uh, they're very beautiful. The Emmy statues are beautiful. And they're kind of beautiful together. You don't want, yeah, you can't eat just one, isn't that what yeah. they say? <laughs> I mean, they're kind of, you know, they're lovely. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, yeah, it's, 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 they're, they're nice. They're nice. <laughs> this, this period of like 2002 through 2004, you basically are an awards magnet because there's the two Emmys for Six Feet Under, and then now we can catch back up to the year of Station Agent and Pieces of April because in 2003 you had four movies at Sundance, also All the Real Girls, and you won a special award for your performances in all four of those movies. What was it like for you just to take a couple steps back, just to even find out that four movies that you had obviously made like in succession or over a period of a year and a half or something had all been accepted to the same Sundance. It must it have been was, very bizarre. It was bizarre. <laughs> and it was, uh, I did not sleep for a week because each film wanted me at, right. you know, so I was going up and down, you know, <laughs> Park, what's the, the, the famous street in Sundance? You'd think I'd know it. Right. Um, it's, it's Main, it's Park main City, Street. Main, main Street. Main, 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 main. But, but, you know, Park City, it was just that Main Street. I was just, I, 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 was, I was shattered, you know, because I, you know, piece of paper on Station Agent, and then I had All the Real Girls, and then I had Baroness and the Pig, this right. lovely little Canadian film I had done. And, 
but it was just it was but it was also extraordinary so you know i i just told myself i'll i won't sleep for a week and i'll get home and sleep <laughs> yeah and then so obviously pieces of april which we've talked about is the mm-hmm. movie that earned you your academy award nomination yeah. and I love the fact that this $500,000 movie, you get the nomination in the year that Lord of the Rings wins, you know, best picture. And it just shows, that's what I love about the Oscars. It's this, it's this equalizer. No, it is, and they, it's even more so, and I think, you know, the rise of independent film, it's, it it, it took a dip, a little bit of a dip, it was so hot, late 90s, remember, things were just going guns, and then it it yep. dipped a little in the 2000s, yep. in like 2007, 8, I think financial, the crisis, and I mm-hmm. think there was the investments, and a lot of, you know, independent film is at the mercy of distributors. We need, and a lot of distribu- distribution companies folded, and it just kind of gutted the independent film world, mm-hmm. and now, you know, A24 and Bleecker Street and all these new companies are rising high mm-hmm. and really um, uh, saving. And, and, you know, independent film is as powerful today as studio films. You know, I mean, they win more, they're the ones winning the awards yes. these days. Sure. So it's a very exciting time. It's great for actors it, and especially women who, or men, women, who aren't 25? It's the you know there's 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 great jobs to be had. What are your remembrances of that Oscar night? As I said, Lord of the Rings was the big winner. Renee Zellweger for Cold Mountain won in your category. So <laughs> <laughs> kind of a leading role yes. in a supporting category, but which nonetheless, is, which is something I think is happens. a bad thing right. that happens, and I think it's something we should you know I wish the Academy would really guard against. Because I'll tell you something interesting about that situation. A little known producer named Harvey (laughs) wanted me to go in supporting in Station Agent. Because I they were I was having the same years. I said, No, I'm supporting in Pieces of April and I'm the leading lady of Station Agent. He it was a big, 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 ugly fight. Ugly. And, but I was adamant. I said, that's not fair, it's not right. I'm the, the, lead, I'm the leading lady of Station Agent. I'm one of the leads. Mm-hmm. I'm not supporting in this. It's not right, it's not ethical, it's not, it's not right, you know? And I stood my ground. And you got nominated for both at the SAG Awards. At the SAG. One for lead and one, and one for supporting. For, hmm. <laughs> and by the way. Thank you, SAG, baby. Right. With no, so they, you know, they basically, no publicity, you know, piece of April was there, but I was all, I mean, he just, they just shut, you know. Mm, wow. Yeah, I mean, it was, but it was, you know, it's the fights. You, we have the, we pick our fights, you know. Well, we but you would fights. have also run the danger of, if both of those had been in the supporting category, you would have run the danger right, of splitting, of splitting your own but, vote. And but then, it, it, there was no way, like, you know the station, it's like, how am I a supporting actress right. in the station agent? Right. No, you're at the center of the movie. No, I mean, it, it, it's, it's just not right. Yeah. Um, I love Tom McCarthy, who wrote love and directed him. The Stage Nation. Of course, he did Spotlight, too. Um, he just is such a sweet guy. I imagine he was Amazing. a joy to work He's with. Just, I just, 
He comes from a big Irish Catholic family. They're all close. You know, he's he's the most kind of normal man, uh, you know, in this industry. He has he's now married to a stunning woman and has children um, and a great dog. Uh, but um, and uh, Georgia, I think. And so, uh, no, he's just this kind of. He's he's his he is he's just this kind of wonderful man. I mean, he's brilliant, and but he is he's so gregarious and so outgoing and so kind. I just saw him recently, and uh, it's just always a a, a a treat to see him. Well, you just answered Jonathan's question, which was, "What was your experience working on the station agent?" So thank Amazing. you, Jonathan, but, for that. But Peter Dinklage and Bobby Cannavale oh. first, like, talk about dreamboats. Oh. And we were shooting in a Howard Johnson's. We were put in a Howard Johnson's on the highway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and that was all we could afford. And, um, but it was a, that, that's a, one of those experiences in my life with the three of them and Tom oh. is shooting in this gorgeous area of New Jersey. And it was just, it was, yeah. Uh, Tom McCarthy has a part to play in the next movie I want to ask you about, which is Good Night and Good Luck, because oh, yeah. he was an actor in that, of course, written and directed by oh, George Clooney. Yeah. Beautiful black and white mm. film. That what, was, was, what was that set like? Well, come on. <laughs> like, George Clooney, like, calls you and says, you want to come be in my movie? <laughs> and what do you say, no? <laughs> uh. It was a dream come true, you know, to work with him on this really powerful piece, this profound piece, um, and and it was wonderful. It was a, it was, and he's very improvisational. He's very mm. loose. Uh, I love the way George directs. He's very open. He's very, um, and he's a true, true egalitarian. That man sees everybody is the same on a set. Everybody. Everybody is one. Mm. Uh, I've never seen anything quite like that. Uh, he was just and gracious and kind and funny and, um, and tough when he had to be. Uh, but it's maybe one of the easiest shoots I've ever been on. Our set was built. It was all built at um, CBS Radcliffe. Radford. Radford. And it was just... We would just show up every day. We'd put on our little 50s outfits. And then we'd go into this world that he had built. Mm. And we had no sense of time or space. And um, it was glorious. It was glorious. And that was one of three casts that you've been a part of that has received the SAG Award nomination. Yeah. So yeah. Green Mile was nominated, Green Mile. Station Agent Station cast was Agent. nominated, and, and this night, one. Luck, yeah. Did you get to go, well, the Station Agent year, you were also nominated twice there. on your own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was there on Station Agent, I was like, <laughs> I remember I, had, I was nominated for three SAG Same, Awards right. that year, and they said, do you want to present? I said, oh, please, God, no. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, I, I think the three nominations, it's, it's, it's enough. enough. I think if I walk out, people might just be like, please, really, Patty? <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
That's so, great. Yeah. Um, is, uh, the next year, you reunited with Sean Penn, who directed mm -hmm. you in the pledge, and you played basically his mistress. I guess is the way to describe a kind of in yeah. all the king's men. Yeah, all the king's men. And you got yeah. to film that in in New, New Orleans. Orleans. I got to be home and film in New Orleans. That was it was fabulous. You know, I'm sad. I'm you know the film didn't do as well as we had hoped, mm -hmm. but. Um, and that was tough. That that character was elusive. It was. I struggled with that character. I remember. I thought, can I? Can I? Am I going to be able to? Because it was. It it really wasn't on the page, mm. oddly. And I had to dig deep. I remember I had to. And here I was shooting in my hometown, and I thought, oh my God, I'm failing in my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you start to. You know, we're resilient. That's why we're actors. You know, we, I just had to really trust myself more. I started to lose trust in myself. Mm. But then I, I kind of found a, I remember I found a different way in for her okay. than the, what I had thought. So. Here's a question from Valeria. Lars and the Real Girl is one of my favorite films. I love how you played the role of the doctor, the psychologist. What was your experience shooting that movie, she wants to know. Again, what a th crazy that was movie. that. Well, you know, and Ryan Gosling, oh and God. he's so brilliant. And you know, talk about the homework I had to do because I had to be so. I had to, you know, I'm quite lively, and I had to just readjust and become something so quiet and calm and centered. Such a centered woman, mm. uh, unflustered, uh, un, un, you know, just. Stoic and and I had to really, in order to play opposite Ryan, and um, it was it, it it was an incredible experience, and it was an incredible experience to watch him become this um, heartbreaking character, mm -hmm. but not to let the heartbreak become mine. Because that would have been Patty's heartbreak, but not the character. So it was. It, it challenged me in ways that I was very. I was thankful for at the end, but in the time I was ah. <laughs> <laughs> but Craig, Craig is a wonderful d director. Um, I love Craig Gillespie. Yeah, yeah, I love. I loved Itonia. Um, oh my God, you guys and, see Itonia. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, he's doing so, great stuff. But Ryan and Ryan had a great dog too. <laughs> <laughs> That's the I trick, apparently. People's dog. Um, I want to ask you about a film that I love called Cairo Time mm. from 2009, a movie I love for many reasons. Now, not the least of which is that Patricia Clarkson is first billed. How, had that happened many times before? Had it ever happened before? Um, had it happened? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I probably should know if I've been <laughs> first billed, but I'm not one who stresses over credits. Um, I don't know. But Cairo Time was a chance for me to kind of step back into like classic leading lady mode, mm -hmm. which I think is nice for us as women, as we, especially as we start to age, that we, we don't lose sight of just the power, the power of our sexuality and our femininity and our, you know. Um, and so this was just a beautiful script, this wonderful woman who I'm fortunate to call one of my dear friends now, Rubenata, um, 
you know, came, flew from Toronto. She's uh, Canadian. She flew from Toronto, and I was supposed to meet with her for a half hour. We spent three hours together, and mm. the next thing I knew, I was flying to Cairo. <laughs> uh, and um, that was that was logistically different. You know, shooting in Cairo, it mm. was gorgeous. The Nile at night. Oh. But it was tough, and you know, here I was the only American in the cast, and so they, and this was George Bush was towards the end, we were, I was worried I was going to be the ugly American. Mm. They put a Canadian, uh, they put a maple leaf on my purse, so when I walked around, everybody thought I was Canadian. Oh. Um, and, uh, I, I, but that was, we didn't, I, I was, they, I was treated beautifully, nobody cared, nobody, nobody was, the hotel where we were, it was a beautiful indigenous hotel. The Shepherd's Hotel, and I, I, it was one of the most extraordinary experiences I've ever had as an actress. As uh, it just, it was beautiful to be there. And Alexander Sadiq, mm. gorgeous man, inside and out, and just perfect for this part. And we just had to this. If you've never seen it, I, I, I highly, it's one of my favorite things I've ever done. And it's really a beautiful good. love story. And it's, it's very adult. And not that it's sexual, it, it's not mm -hmm. that. It's very adult in that it requires a lot of you to, it, it's calm and simple. And it's ever, it's so subtle, this film. Subtle. And you, you said classic leading lady. It does feel like a, a great film that could have been made in the 40s or yeah. 50s. It's, yeah. it's, except that it's in color. It's just yes. really good. It's really, and Cairo is. Yeah. Um, here's a question I really like from Amanda Isley. She wants to know if you have any rituals or daily habits that you change or you stop or that you begin before you work on a role. And do you stay in character for the whole shoot? Well, I, I mean, my rituals are just that that private time, that very private homework, and I tend to, I tend to work on a part. I don't like to look at the script too much. Mm. I don't want to think of it as words. I tend to extract something that sits in me, some part of the character that sits. It's a very odd process, but I tend to, I don't want to look at the words too much before I figure things out mm. because I don't want them to be words. I probably sound really pretentious right now. Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah. um, so um, I, I read the script and then I put it down and I put it aside actually. But there's sometimes there's, there's one line that I have that keeps coming back to me and I keep saying it over and over again. It's a really weird thing mm -hmm. I do. And I like when I'm walking my dog, I might say it over and over again when I'm maybe riding in the back of a cab in New York. I'm saying it over and over. And it just starts to help me define this mm -hmm. character. It defines the life. The, I don't know why. It's just a process I have. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I'll come back to the whole script. But I just, I start to think about, um, what, what am I doing? What, 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 what am I shifting inside of me? Um, what am I? I think we can all. I think as actors, we can play anything. Mm -hmm. We can do anything. We can play any character um, within us. You know, we we have to. We we want to. We want to transform. Um, 
But I think it always has to be as close to us as we can make it. The less that, you know, I, I, I can be stoic and quiet and sullen. I can be, you know, it's not my natural nature, but it is, of course, a huge part of me. Uh, I can be fierce, ferocious, unforgiving. Of course, these are all the things that we have to have available. Is there someone you've played where you thought, oh, this is the closest to myself, oh. demeanor-wise, personality-wise, values-wise? I mean, sure. I mean, I think a lot of things, you know, I, I, you know, station agent, I don't think it was that different. I mean, there were a lot of qualities of her and her that were similar to me and to my life, to what was going on in my life. Mm. Uh, <laughs> certain man in my life. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, you know, you use everything. We use everything. But I, I, it's probably, you know, I, I, I hope there's a part of me in everything you do. I, I hope I'm not too far out from yeah. anything you do, you know. Because um, so many of these women you've played have just been, as you alluded to, just like off the charts, <laughs> like well, some bonkers. The one recently, right. yeah, exactly. Yes, so we are we have reached this decade, okay. and there's four projects that I want to talk oh about God, that are oh interesting. God, oh God. The first one is Shutter Island, oh because God. just to to work with Martin Scorsese, yeah, and the, I mean such a pivotal moment that you have with Leonardo mm. DiCaprio there, and such a creep fest in and the best way. And I looked so lovely. <laughs> You know, I went with my friend, I went with my two dearest friends, and they, when I came up on the screen, he's one of my dearest friends, Ricky, and he was just like... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, oh. <laughs> I just said I'm going to look, I knew, but again, I, it, it's, it, it's, not, it's not the transformation, I, I, you know, She's in a cage. I said, right. I just have to, you know, I, everything has to go away. Everything that I value, hair, makeup, <laughs> mm. good lighting, it's all going to go away. It's all going to just, it's gone. It's just gone. It's gone. It's gone. Ah, but it's effective. Ah. No, it, right. I knew it's where I needed to go with this character, you know, and, and Marty again is so... You know, he's just—he's the great, one of the greatest people on this planet. And 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 again, I I didn't know. You know, I he offered me the part, and I showed up. And hey, hey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, it's 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 difficult. You know, I met Leo, Mari, and you know, you can't think that way. I right. just I just thank God I'd done some my homework, and I'm like, we're all. On the same, but Marty creates such a conducive environment to do the best work you can possibly. You know, he wants you raw and in the moment, and dirty and yeah. You know, it's just you know, you're just down and dirty. You know, and he does a lot of takes, a lot, a lot, a lot of takes. I think I was still shooting it last week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just, oh my God, I'd be like, I mean, we, we'd shoot like a page. You know, I'm independent film, we'd shoot, we'd shoot 40 pages a day, right. and we would shoot like a 
<laughs> and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm going back into the cave again. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about Learning to Drive? Because I love that mm. film that you did with yeah. Sir Ben Kingsley. Sir Ben, yeah. I had the privilege of talking to you in front of the Academy, the two of you, for yes. that, which was so much that fun. That was fun. Yeah. No, he, you know, that was a labor of love, you guys. This was this film I loved, this essay, this Catholic essay that I just worshipped. And I really wanted to make this film. And it went through, it was very difficult to make a kind of dramedy mm. starring two middle-aged people. Um, in a car. In a car. <laughs> You know, we went, to, I mean, people honestly would be like, you know, do you have to drive in the movie? Oh. <laughs> well, we could call it learning to sit, or we <laughs> could call it learning to walk. But no, but it, but that was a labor of love. I loved the script so, so, so much. I loved this character. I loved Sir Ben's character. And, you know, he was very helpful coming on and, you know, he's, I had worked with him on Elegy. Remember, the, the, yes. I don't know if you've ever yeah. seen Elegy. With Penelope beautiful, Cruz. With Pen gorgeous Penelope Cruz. And me and, I paid Sir Ben's lover in Elegy. And so I knew him and we worked well together. Yeah. And he's very serious as an actor. He's a very serious actor. And I like that. Talk about someone who shows up ready to go, just mm -hmm. ready to shoot, ready to do the scene. He'll talk about it a little. He doesn't want to over talk. He doesn't want to, you know, uh, he, he doesn't care what you had for breakfast. He doesn't care that maybe you had a bad night's sleep. He doesn't care. Mm. <laughs> Let's just do the scene. Let's get on with the work. It's all about the work. And he's also lovely and charming mm. and fun when you go out, or, you know, when right. you have a drink with him. But on the set, he's just consummate. Mm. And he is there for the work. And, you know, I had been naked with him in Elegy, completely naked. So I knew him. <laughs> um, uh, that was my first time I was ever completely naked oh. on a set. It was so crazy. That was hard. That was difficult. Like, uh, you know, a lot of actors do that. Like, it, it takes a part of it. It takes something out of you. Mm. It really does. Um, but it's necessary. I think when it's integral to the scene, to the part, I, you know, I understand some people don't want to be, and I get mm -hmm. that, I don't, you know, I don't think it's for us to judge, it's everybody's, it's everybody's own decision. Uh, I made the decision, because I thought, okay, this is it, you know, and then I've subsequently, I've been naked in every film I've done. <laughs> and on stage, and on Broadway, for and God's Broadway. sake. So, oh my God, what was I thinking? <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, so anyway, so I knew him well, and so I had, you know, we, we, we knew, I knew how we worked mm. on learning to drive. So again, we showed up, Isabel Quachette, gorgeous Isabel Quachette, it was my third time I was working with her. Um, and I, you know, second time, because then I did uh, the bookshop with her. But, right. but so I just showed up, and we, we had no money, no time, New York City, brutal, a noisy car. I was like, I mean, it was it was tough. It was tough, but I I loved the script so much. I it's a was film. not giving up on it. Right. I was not giving up on it. This leads yeah. well into a great question from Christine, who wants to know what actor would you say you've learned the most from? Oh wow! Oh God! I, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> well, I've just worked with so many, and I hate to, you know, I hate to. Who's someone that cut comes to mind? Off. Maybe it's not the person you've learned the most from. We're going to give that disclaimer, but someone that just springs to mind that you learned something good from. Oh my goodness, you guys have done, I, I don't even, I wouldn't know. I will tell you this, when I, when I did Pharaoh's Army, it was my first real independent film, mm. and I got to watch Chris Cooper work. And it's, I still remember every single day of working with that man. Wow. But I was, you know, 37, 36, 37, hadn't been working, doing a lot of work, and suddenly I found myself in this beautiful little film in Danville, Kentucky, mm. and Chris Cooper. And it really, it really helped reshape me again as an actress. That, that, I, that I remember. That's great. That I remember. Um, House of Cards, just because I love the show so much. And I Jane, love Jane, Jane Davis. Come on, Jane Davis. What a, Come what on, a lady. Yes. She's the smartest yes. lady in the room. Yes, she is. Do not screw with Jane. No. Do not, because she, she speaks 47 languages. <laughs> and she's got a super phone. She can get anybody on the phone, and she can have anybody killed yes. at any moment. And you got to be on a show with Jane Atkinson after yes, all the years. Jane, who Jane, was right. in my class at right. Yale. Amazing Jane. Jane was like, she was such a force at Yale. And she taught us all yoga. She was always trying to get us to do yoga. And, and I was like, oh, I'm going to, OK. <laughs> no, she would trust me if you ever ask her. Oh my God, me doing yoga. Did um, they did they bring you on to House of Cards and tell you that you were going to have this major role for two whole seasons, or did it grow? Yeah, well, no, they well the whole they, last season changed they so much. Brought me on House of when I got the call. First of all, you know, I I dated Campbell Scott for many years, and they said, you know, Campbell's on the show is going to be on the show too, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm a big girl now. <laughs> um, uh, uh, you know, we we have, we split ten years ago or something. Over ten years, um, it was a long time ago. Uh, so I, I they first asked that they said, you know, Campbell's on the show, and I was like, we're fine. <laughs> and uh, and we actually had an amazing time together. And uh, and they said, and I read. I have to tell you, I read the very first scene, and I never do this. I didn't even read the whole episode. I read Jane's entrance when she's like, do you have Advil? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. She's like, ah, 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 ah. She's like, do you have ah? And I called my agent and I said, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in, I swear to God. And they were like, what? You're not gonna sit with this? Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean you're in? I said, tell him I'm doing this. Wow. And I, I don't know, I had this sixth sense. I had this feeling. I just loved the way, and then of course I read the rest of the episode and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then every new episode I got, it was like, but speaking, when I had to speak Arabic and then this last time Russian, I was like, can it, She's it, too it, smart. It to can't be French. It was great. I mean, it was just, uh, it was uh. just, but, but again, Everything of Jane was on that page. 
I, I had to rise to the occasion, and I, I mean that in, with all my heart. It was right there on the page, that great, great character. I just, it was tough just because sometimes she, it was a lot of dialogue, and, but the second season I felt more, you know, f mm. first of all walking in, you know, to Robin and Kevin and, you know, this formidable crowd of people who were all as to Michael Kelly. The best. You remember that first thing I do to him in that yeah. scene? I'm like, sorry. You know, it, it was intimidating. I was oh. intimidated. I was very intimidated, to be honest with you. Um, but... You know, that's what happens, thank God. You know, our, the character overcomes our fears. Because mm. if, you know, doing, you know, talk of, you know, I just worked my butt off on that train every day, you know, every, taking that train, not every day, but taking that train and... To Baltimore. That train right. to Baltimore. <laughs> I would learn more lines on that train. <laughs> um, okay, so now, of course, we've reached the moment where we can talk about sharp objects. Woo! So amazing. Adora, Adora, Adora. <laughs> Do you know how many people dressed up as Adora for Halloween? Ah! In the West Village? Oh, where my I live? God, that's so great. <laughs> Did you see that? I saw a bunch of, I, I saw, on, someone showed me like a collection of Adoras at Halloween. Fantastic. I think they were all in the West Village. <laughs> uh, well, because they know you're living there. They're oh, paying they homage. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, what was your reaction to reading the, the, the scripts and reading that character? Well, you know, I'm, I want to begin by saying, first of all, I'm thankful to Amy. Adams, you know, she's talk about a, a real beauty. Um, she wanted me for this mm. and was adamant that I, you know, she really, really wanted me to play this character. Um, <laughs> she saw something in me. <laughs> <laughs> and we were acquaintances. I knew her mm. just socially. I'd see her at premieres or parties or whatever. And um, I, I, adored her and of course she's a, just a great actress so um, so I was and you know Gillian Flynn is beyond lovely too I didn't know her um, I worked with but her I for knew, 15 years at entertainment but Weekend. I knew she's her writing and and I had this oh, amazing great. conversation with her on the phone oh great you know because the door I just said well you know I I know this is it can be close to me in ways I'm southern I'm but I didn't grow up like this, you know. I grew up very middle class. I, you know, but I know those ladies. I do know them. They are, they exist kind of all over the, our country, but in a particular way, um, uh, in the South. And and even though this is Midwest, but it's that it's where Kentucky meets Missouri, mm. and it's it's a place I know because I went to camp in Tennessee, and mm. I know those that area of the country, and so. I, I don't know. I. It was daunting uh, to play Adora. Um, I don't. I don't. I. I think it's maybe the or the one of the hardest, if not the hardest character I've ever played. And I. It's hard for it, I, It's difficult for me to say that. Mm. That. Uh, That's saying a lot. Because um, she was, the complexity of her brought me up short at times and the brutality and the and the 
the the just the lack of 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 warmth at times mm. and the l lack of it's it's at times almost a soulless character and that's not nice to admit but it is and and i i think we it, it goes against us mm. it goes against us as as actors as people to do these things it's not in us it's not in us and i mean she is suffering from a very serious mental illness but i think even outside of that um and you know amy and eliza but in particular those scenes with amy oh well you see you know, bathing closet. amy adams oh my, oh my god although you know <laughs> we had to have some sense of humor about it you know so I looked at her naked all day in a tub, and at the end of the day, I was like, what you doing later? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> she is oh so great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But it was, but Jean-Marc Vallée is, I've never worked with, he is the most wild. Oh, he has a reputation. Oh, he is wild and amazing in French, very French. It's like, you know, he lights the set. It's like his, his DP is a magician. He, this DP comes in and lights the whole thing. He doesn't stop for lighting or anything. And you do that scene from beginning to end, beginning to end, beginning to end, beginning to end. You don't do pickups. You do it beginning to end, beginning to end. And it really does, you know, you're just like, all day long you're doing scenes from beginning to end beginning to end and but he was he was incredible incredible in the truest sense of that word it was what we were he wanted us to do every day mm. and the mountains he wanted us to climb and he never settled never never ever did he settle i've never seen anything you know, certain day players that were coming in. I was always like, for them, you know, because I'm not religious, I just, <laughs> but, but, um, but I was always, because, you know, you had to come in and, you know, step into this mini series with, you know, and he, but he, he demanded the greatest of whether you had one line or mm. 10 lines or a thousand lines or a million. He did not care, and in that way, it was kind of beautiful. Mm. He didn't, everybody, everybody had to be in the scene, know exactly what they were doing. Like, what are you doing here? What are you, what are you like, what are you really doing? I, I'm not really sure. No, figure it out. You have to know what you're really doing here. Oh, mm. okay, okay. Are you really cutting the meat? Are you really, like in a big scene, you know, mm. what are you really doing? Everything had to be real. The water had to really be boiling, everything. And and it was it was astonishing to work that way. Wow. And 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 I it it made me a better actor. It just did. And it's what we want. You know, but I I, I took me a long time to recover from her. I oh. never went back to New York as a door. I never stepped foot as a door in my apartment in New York. I just Good. kept her here. Yeah, yeah. Kept her at the chateau. <laughs> <laughs> here's, um, a, here's a question from Dawn Marie about Adora. She wants to know, how did you discover all the layers to her? 
what was your process with such a complex character? I'm thinking of the scenes where you're sitting opposite Amy, basically saying like, "I ne this is why I never loved you." I mean, and, and with no irony or hesitation or anything. You know, I wish I could tell you exactly. You know, but but you know, something does come over you. Something. There is almost a chemical shift that took place for me as a Dora. Mm. Like something weird. I, 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 I'm, I'm not, I'm a little method, you know, and I don't take a character home, but something, you know, something happened as I was shooting and so those scenes would come. I found them, they would, as, as we progressed, they would come. They would just, they would be there. I didn't, I didn't judge her. I had to take all judgment out. We have to love the characters we play. And it makes me sad because I had to, I had to actually, I had to love Adora in order to play her. Mm. I did. Wow. And it's brutal. But and I had, every day, I had to be that person and, and love her and love whatever I could about her hmm. in order to survive, you know, in order to do this and be exactly what I was supposed to be. Did, I, I, this is making you emotional. It's, did you, were you able to keep that in check because Adora ha did? Yes, yes, and, and it was, it was, and that was the hardest. It was just shifting all of my being and my resources, and I was left really with nothing. Mm. And, and you played her for so long. This mm. was eight hours? How many hours was this? And this is not just eight a hours. movie, folks. Eight this eight is hours. eight hours. Yeah. No, and so, and you know, po mixing these poisons and oh. doing these, you know, just doing things that are unconscionable. And, but that's what we do as actors. We play the people that, that make the stories that make the stories we want to see, you know, and that's the, you know, with all the women in the room, you know, that was a miniseries led by women. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter, we can't all be Wonder Woman. Uh, we'd like to be. <laughs> we'd all look, like to look like Gail, but we don't. And, and, you know, but I think whenever women are at the center of a story these days, we're winning. It doesn't, we don't have to be perfect women, but when we're at the center, we're winning, so. What was your uh, reaction to the end of Sharp Objects? Well, I, I knew it was gone. Yeah. When, when you learned, when you oh, read Oh, when it, I learned. Yeah. Well, you know, it. It's so Gillian. It's so her, <laughs> and, and you know, and it just, you know, I'm, but I also felt like, you know, one thing a door didn't do, you know. Right, what right. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing, you know, the only thing yeah. I'm not guilty of. Uh, but it, it. I thought it was Henry Cherney the whole. Well, darn he played. Show. He he. You know, he tipped. Well, that's what he did. I mean, Jean Marc was beautiful in navigating all, like putting the darkness on every single character oh in that gosh. in that, and keeping it off Eliza as best as he could, and you know, it was. It's masterfully directed, it just is. I want to end, we have a few last minutes, I want to end with these two questions that I really like from the audience, and I want to know if I say Nao or Nayo? Nayo. 
Hi, Nayo. I love your question. Uh, Nayo says, you've had and still have a wonderful career. I'd love to know what tools have supported you most in your artistic creativity and your spiritual and mental health all these years. You know, I, this goes back to my family. And my, my, my mother, my father, my sisters, you know, my very dear friends have, you know, I always say, if you have friends around you that don't support you, in this business, it's too difficult to be in this business. We have too much, it's so subjective. We have so many people coming at us and making decisions that we are not a part of. Mm. What you need is the great people around you. They shouldn't be around you if they're not supporting you. You know, I know that's difficult with family, but I think I have extraordinary support around me every single day of my life. I have incredible support around me. and. And that's how I've gotten through. And I've also, you know, I've also learned to kind of accept where I am and who I am and what I am. You know, I, I, I'm not the most famous person in, in this industry. I haven't been nominated for 47 Academy Awards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but who cares? Like, in a, I mean, no, it's nice to be nice. It's always nice. But I'm saying is I think in the way I've just, I, ha, I, I have a career. I have a very good career of what it is. And that I have to remind myself that where I am now is fantastic. Mm. It just is. And those are the tools I, you know, I have to, I have to always, the mantras I have that I'll get through this, it's, I'm now exhausted, you know, because I have actually been doing a lot these past, these past 18 months have been really a roller coaster ride for me. And so sometimes we need other tools, mm. but I would say I have love and support in my life, like a lot. And, uh, and a great dog. <laughs> it all comes back to the dog. And here's a really great, Simple in a, the best Named way. Named Isadora Duncan. Oh, that's your dog's name? A great simple question from Michael. In a long career, what sustains your enthusiasm? You know, my fellow actors. I mean, seriously. You know, that's the thing. is that The idea that I'm going to go to work and work with great actors. Unknown, known, first job, second job, 50 jobs in, who cares? That's, that's the exciting part, you know, when we get to the set, you know, and we're gonna work with like, like great actors, you know? I, I don't know, that's what sustains me. That's, that's the most thrilling part of it all for me, is the new actors I'm gonna meet mm. and get to work with, and hopefully make me a better actor. Well, I can't wait to see what you do next. And I want to thank SAG After Foundation for having us. And Patricia Carson, thank you so much. Thanks to you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the SAG After Foundation's Conversations podcast. If you appreciated what you heard, please support us with a review or donation. And reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SAG After Found. We'd love to hear from you.